Welcome to another exciting edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where two seemingly normal adults talk about movies and TV shows from their youth, this time while eating pizza and drinking beer, which, which is pretty much how I was doing it in my youth. <laughs> yeah. um, today we are looking back on one of the probably one of the most beloved movies that has ever been made. Yeah, of all time, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know anyone who doesn't like this movie. Even a person as cynical as me, who thinks Rob Reiner is the most overrated director in history. Ooh. Well, what mm. he made four movies that were good. All right. Okay, so, you know. We'll get into it. Yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, I was introducing the movie. We are talking about... The fantasy, classic, comedy, romantic, drama It movie. checks all the boxes. Yeah, it's got all of it in and there. And I've got notes on that, too. Yes, so. we do. The Princess Bride. Yay! Now, Darth, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about the movie and about our special guest this evening? Indeed. Welcome, listeners, to 1987's The Princess Bride, featuring, at the time, uh, who was more famous... Fred Savage was more famous than Robin Wright because who, was... who looks like a young Jay Leno? Oh my god, a little bit. Okay, yeah, no, it looks like it. he's Baby Jay Leno. Yeah. I... <laughs> That's his nickname throughout the rest of the show. If you hear Baby Jay Leno, just think Fred Savage. But yeah, so this is a movie that I, I doubt I even have to summarize for anybody listening because most of us grew up with it, or at I least got. Do. A... I bet there are young people out there who have never <sighs> That's seen something this I always movie. Forget. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, for the few young people we have who listen to our old ass rants about movies that happened before they were born. Um, so yeah, that the, the basic story is about, uh, this farm girl named Buttercup who grows up on a farm and she's actually Claire Underwood, also known as yeah. Robin Wright. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she, um, has this sort of, you know, not argumentative, but disdainful relationship with the farmhand Wesley. And, um, uh, they have this sort of cute back and forth where uh, she commands him around. And the whole movie even starts, actually, with Fred Savage. Let's get back to him, where he's yeah. a sick grandson in bed, and his granddad comes to read for him, read to him for the day. And Fred Savage is being a little brat about it. He goes, oh, Mom. Young Jay Leno. <laughs> young no, no, Jay, no, young it, Jay Leno. Yeah, there he is. There he is. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But we got <laughs> Peter Falk as the granddad who comes to read him a book. and Columbo. Yes, Columbo. Mm -hmm. He's missing the trench coat. But um, so they're sitting there reading a story, which doesn't happen in the book, by the way, in case you're interested. The grandson-granddad dynamic does not exist in the book. But we're reading about Wesley and Buttercup, who fall in love while they live on the farm together. But Wesley goes across to uh, across the sea to find his fortune so that he can become worthy of Buttercup's love. And this movie checks so many boxes, it's... Uh, what does the grandpa say? Are you kidding me? Fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. It encapsulates. Yeah. It, it hits just about every mile marker you could want it to hit. So it's a movie about adventure and romance and all, all of those wonderful, wholesome, good things. So listeners, we have a super special guest with us this week. Her name is Cece. Hello. Hello. And Cece, why don't you kick us off by telling us a little bit about why you wanted to discuss this movie? So this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, my One of my favorite movies growing up, mine and my brother's. And I have seen it so many times, countless times. Oh, yeah. They're on uh, digits. <laughs> one of the most quotable movies 
probably. Big time. Mm -hmm. Uh, My brother and I quote it constantly, still to this day. Okay. And um, I love it so much. My bridal shower theme was even Princess Bride themed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, um, I definitely, this is the perfect movie. It is. Yeah, it it really. I think it does fall into that rare category of of movies that don't have a flaw. You know, usually Mm -hmm. even a movie that you really like, you'll admit, yeah, I really like you know the Goonies, but this could have been better. Yeah, but that yeah, this or that could have been better. This one really, there's nothing to change. It still feels timeless. Yeah, it does. Well, and I think one of the one of the smart decisions that they made when they made this movie is that it's not very long. No, it doesn't they, go on forever. No, it doesn't. True. It did. There's no scene in this where you just go, "Come on, come on, get yeah, through yeah, get this. through the boring come stuff." On, yeah, yeah, you know, get the ring to Mordor, guys. Come on, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've had enough after ten years. Doesn't have five yeah. endings. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, and oddly enough, this movie. It, it, it's the same way from the audience perspective as well as apparently all the actors who were involved because, listeners, you know your nerdy Darth Jader does her extensive research before every movie, no matter how well she knows it or doesn't. And part of the research that I did for this book or this movie was to read the book of Carrie Elways. Uh, it's called As You Wish. And for you youngins out there who don't know the name Carrie Elways, he is Wesley. He's the hero of the story. And he actually wrote this whole book about behind-the-scenes stories and all of his feelings and just the memories that he has of shooting this amazing movie. And he says repeatedly in the book, and so does Chris Sarandon, who plays Prince Humperdinck, uh, they both said, yeah, it's so rare with a movie that you get everybody together and they're all happy and it's all fun. Usually there's at least one bad apple spoiling the bunch or there's some drama or whatever. They were like, no, it was like our little traveling circus and everybody just got along with everybody. It was great. You know, the story that that I heard that I think sums that up the best is that uh, Robin Wright would evidently, uh, she would get very, very cold. And Andre the Giant would take one of his hands and put it on her head <laughs> and cover her entire head to keep her warm. <laughs> I believe that because one of the things uh, Carrie always does mention in his book is the fact that Andre always ran incredibly hot. So they'd be in England shooting and it'd be, you know, maybe 40 or 50 degree weather and they'd all have little jackets or fleeces on in between takes. And Andre actually wore a wig uh, for this movie, mm. for those of you who don't know. And in the um, when they're about to storm the castle toward the end of the film, when Wesley's coming back from being mostly dead and being paralyzed, uh, he said that Andre was literally steaming from underneath his wig because he was so hot. He wouldn't wear a coat. He didn't need one. And it was just ridiculous. Well, I mean, the dude was what? He's seven foot, four and a half. Something like that. Um, uh, You know, I mean, tragically died very young. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, and I don't know if it's true. But I watched this movie, and I, I just like to think that Andre the Giant really was a big, sweet guy. Oh, I trust you know? me. I've got yeah. notes on yeah. that, too. That's all I've heard about him. Yeah, I've never heard. The only things that would happen uh, is that he's kind of like a very big, intimidating dog in the sense that like kids either ran to him right, or yeah. ran from him yeah. when they would first see him. Chris Sarandon shared a story with Carrie Always saying how his daughters were like, Daddy, 
you're in a movie with a real life giant? Is he really that big? Can we see him? Can we meet him? And so he took his two daughters to the set and he was like, all right, we're going to go into the giant's dressing room. Let's go see him. And they saw him, took one look and ran screaming out of his trailer. And Chris was so embarrassed. He was like, oh, Andre, I'm so sorry. I he was like, that was so rude. I didn't, he was like, they were asking to meet you. Right, I didn't know yeah, they were going to yeah. do that. And he goes, no, nah, it's a thing. Kids either run to me or they run from right, me. It just yeah. didn't phase him at all. Yeah. Well, he probably didn't set it up right. It was probably, you know, like, okay, we're going to go see the giant. Yeah, and he, he really is gigantic. Yeah, he's a huge giant, you know. <laughs> I get the like, impression that he is more of a gentle giant, kind of like your uh, Millie. Oh, uh, my, my giant yeah. German shepherd, yes. <laughs> well, that sort She's of a derp and a half. It, it makes sense, too, when you think that, you know, as big as he was, you know, he had a lot of health problems. Yes, he did. You know, like the movie, and when you see him in his career, in his professional capacity, it's always Andre the Giant, the big guy who can, you know, pick people up and throw them around. He couldn't do any of that stuff. He had his back was... was Totally messed up. Yep. Robin yeah. Wright mentioned that. She said that when they were on set, it was very visibly, it was obvious that he was in pain. He'd get up from a sitting position or whatever, but it just, he never complained. He was always smiling, just seemed like the nicest guy on the planet. But mm -hmm. um, uh, getting more into Andre the Giant 2, we've gone to the point in the movie where Buttercup has been kidnapped, which happens pretty quickly. So you get yes. into the action oh, pretty yeah. fast. Yeah, the story starts and it starts. Because Wesley and Buttercup fall in love in about the first minute and a half of mm -hmm. the movie. Wesley goes off to discover his fortune, but then Buttercup gets word tragically that Wesley was killed by the Dread Pirate Roberts, who never yeah. leaves any survivors. So now uh, we flash forward to Buttercup is about to be the new princess of the country of Florin. And... So uh, then she gets kidnapped because the only happiness she finds on a daily basis is going out for a ride on her horse. Enter Wallace Shawn, Mandy yeah, Patinkin, yeah. and Andre the Giant. Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> I love Mandy Inigo Patinkin. Inigo Montoya. I love but, saying his name. Oh, Mandy he, Patinkin. Well, and he just, he makes me happy too. <laughs> but. I died laughing when I learned that was his name. Oh, yeah. My mom and I <laughs> really? have a, a joke where we rhyme things with his name. <laughs> That's well, that's tough. fitting. <laughs> that's very tough. He plays a rhyming yeah. game in the you movie. Know, I'm thinking Patinkin. Okay, yeah. You know, that's funny. Patinkin. Oh, I want to see you and your mom do this that's now. That's really the only. He, he is such <laughs> such a good actor, and he's got such a career on Broadway. Um, the the uh, Man of La Mancha with Mandy Patinkin. If yeah. you ever get a chance to listen to that, it is absolutely fantastic. I I've mean, heard amazing. Things and, about and yet it. he says this is his favorite role. Oh, yeah, and yeah. he even, because this movie became such an iconic, not even cult classic, it's just a classic. Everybody loves it. It's not even an underground type of fight club sort of thing. It's just, it's the the kind of movie that people pass on to their kids, to their nephews and nieces. Even when I was a nanny many moons ago, uh, the kids that I used to babysit, they weren't allowed to watch anything above like a G rating. And this was one yeah. of the movies I was allowed to share with them. And they flipped out when they saw it. They had never seen it before. And they just, they loved it. And their mom even came in when we were watching it. And she was like, is that Mandy Patinkin? I haven't <laughs> seen him since he was on like ER or some hospital drama or something. But it, Criminal Minds? I have no idea. Oh, was he? Okay, maybe that's what... That, she just said ER, so I don't know if it was really that... If that's what it was, but you said you would play a rhyming game with your mom, Cece, with his name, but that's so fitting because he and Fezzik rhyme with each other throughout the book yeah. and the movie. Yeah, which um, is such a... Again, it's such a little sweet thing that you have, you know... This Mandy Patinkin, you know, and man. he's like, he rhymes with the big giant. You yeah. want to communicate, I think, that he is a, kind of a gentle soul. Yeah. So they have him... 
Inigo Montoya sees that he's kind of down because mm-hmm. the Zini has been insulting him again. Yeah, and told and him he's he going to abandon this. him. And yeah, you remember where you were when I found you? Unemployed in Greenland? And the <laughs> Zini's just a jerk, so. So he does this little rhyming thing with him to cheer him up. Yeah, uh, what does he say? Vicini likes to fuss, fuss, fuss. Think he like to slam a doors. <laughs> like, and with his accent, it rhymes more. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. fuss and doors. But uh, and what's really cool about that is that Andre the Giant is French, mm-hmm. and uh, he obviously English wasn't exactly his strong suit, especially since he's so large. And I don't know if that factored into it, but sometimes it's hard to understand him a little bit in the movie. So what Rob Reiner did, uh, the director, he actually recorded all of Andre the Giant's lines for him on a cassette tape. Uh, the way he wanted the inflection to happen, like everything. So, and because Carrie always in his book, he said, yeah, you would see Andre walking around with these earphones and a little cassette recorder and y- you didn't know what he was listening to until you found out that Rob recorded all of his lines for him and that's how he learned his mm-hmm. lines mm-hmm. because it was difficult for him to read They should the do that with all actors. <laughs> <laughs> just just, just I, feed it to him. It'll, I think that think would turn t- into such micromanagement Think though. of the time you could save. You could produce a whole movie in like no time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But yeah, they. And he um, is French. His actual name is not Andre the Giant. We should specify <gasps> that it's Andre Le Giant. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm glad we clarified <laughs> yes. that yeah, for those people who you know didn't. Know. Le Giant. But yeah, so we once again we're still right in the action. Buttercup gets accosted and kidnapped by Vicini, uh, Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Whose most famous line is what? Cece. Inconceivable. Yeah. You keep using I like, that word. I, like, I, I like, do not think it means what you Never get involved means. in a land war in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never going against a Sicilian when death, death is on the line. line. <laughs> you know, and he was he uh, found out that he was not the first choice. No. And that, that he, he thought that he was going to get fired. Yeah, because it was yeah. Danny DeVito who yeah, was Danny originally yeah. offered the role, and Danny DeVito turned it down, yes. So Wallace Shawn had this severe anxiety about the role, thinking... Every time they did a take, he was like, oh, my God, DeVito would have done it this way or DeVito would have done it that way. He's like, oh, Rob's going to fire me any day now. It was just a whole thing. And he just had all this anxiety about it. But it's funny because now that's one of his most recognized and cherished roles of all time. But sadly, uh, he and Mandy Patinkin have a different approach to it. So Carrie always did say, like, he gets asked to quote lines to people like he's like there's not a day that goes by that somebody doesn't want to say as you wish or uh whatever they want him to say to them and uh, the same thing with mandy patinkin the famous inigo montoya and wallace sean but wallace sean will not say inconceivable really he refuses to do it apparently i don't i don't know if he's just tired of it but um i wish it was a cop because then I'd like pull him over <laughs> and be like, all right, what do you want? You want the speeding ticket or are you going to say inconceivable? I bet he would do it in that case. It's one or the other. Give me the ticket. I can see him doing that because I, I, I saw him on a panel a couple of years ago at Dragon Con and I was so psyched. It wasn't, it was a Toy Story panel, which is fine because he's Rex. I love those movies too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, and since it was Toy Story specific, they were like, okay, try to stick to those kind of questions. So what, and the first question was, will you say <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. I was just disappointed because I get up to the front of the line to ask my question, and I was like, okay, I'm going to lob him a pretty easy one because, you know, he's an older guy. I didn't want him. And the movies came out so, well, some of them came out so long ago. So I was just like, Mr. Sean, are you, like, more Team Woody or Team Buzz? And he was like, oh, I don't know. Those movies came out, like, 30 years ago. I have no idea. And I was like, what? <laughs> like this? I, I was like, and it'd be different <laughs> if this was just a general panel, right? With Wallace it's actually Shawn a panel on about those movies, Toy Story. Yeah. 
But Mandy Patinkin is very, he's very much the opposite. Oh, yeah. Because one of the passages that Carrie always says, he says, Mandy swears that barely a day goes by that he isn't asked by someone, somewhere, to recite Inigo Montoya's most famous words in which he vows vengeance on behalf of his father. And I never let them down, he says. See, because he is a proper, he's he's a proper, you know, like that old fashioned kind of actor where you go, oh, would you give me some Hamlet? You know, oh, okay. Sure. I'll give you some. Please, please, you know, because it's sort of when fans say that, what they're saying is, you're really awesome. And I really like this work that you did. And can I see it? It changed my life, like, or impressed me in such a way that I've, I've never forgotten about it. Right. To be known for something. Right. I for mean, that long of a time. Oh, yeah. For generations of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, uh, some of the people who were involved in Star Trek, you know, they they hated being typecast. Yeah. But some Mark of the Hamill, especially. That was Star Wars. Oh, Star Trek. You, just, you said you, Star Trek. You just lo- oh, my God. You I just messed up so bad. Darth Vader. Oh, oh, <laughs> Darth Jader is now in trouble. Um, sorry. I just wasn't. I was actually what thinking about. Like I was that? watching the yeah. movie and I wasn't listening. I heard star and just assumed the word wars was oh, coming after. Lord. You're wearing a Star Wars hat for crying yes, out loud. Yes, I am. I'm wearing my Galaxy's Edge hat. True. My Disneyland Galaxy's Edge hat. As if they don't know that yes. J- Jade knows the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. But no. Well, what One was, of them has a bear, right? Uh, <laughs> I think they both have bears. Yeah, the Either other way. Star Trek just has very small bears. Oh, that the, squeak. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, the one no. that Harrison Ford hated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but so, but a lot of the people on Star Trek, you know, they they didn't hate being typecast mm-hmm. for the specific reason that they had been in the business for so long and they understood what failure was. Yeah, that it's like, okay, you mean I have a career playing people like this? That I already know how to do. Yeah, and like, that yeah. means I have a career. Great. I'll do this till I die. That's fine. Well, and know? it seems like in, in that same vein, Mark Hamill has actually really embraced the whole Luke Skywalker aesthetic in his older years. I know when he first went away from Star Wars, he was trying to put some separation between him and the whole franchise for a minute at least and get to be known as you know, this actor that can sing and do Broadway and stuff. But even when he was on Broadway, they had to put his name in parentheticals. They would list him as Mark Hamill, but then in parentheses, Luke Skywalker. Well, so that followed him in a way that I don't wow. think he expected. Yeah. Did you see Corvette Summer? I did not. Right. But well, I, know about, I know about all of his voice work. <laughs> He's been the Joker. But He's that was done... before the golden age of voice work, though. That this was is true. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, that's pretty much the only place he had to hide, I guess, was uh, somewhere where they can't see his face. Yeah. Because even he even and who knew as... he could sing? Oh God, he yeah. can do everything. He's yeah. so talented. He's literally a triple threat. Yeah, he's awesome. But um, at this point in the movie, we are at the top of the cliffs of insanity. Where why are they called that? Um, They're insanely high cliffs. Okay. Yeah, they that never works. really get into the they don't the derivation of the cliffs. <laughs> I, I, I love I love when Inigo Montoya hands him his party city sword and he's like, <laughs> no. I, I have seen no equal. I've never seen a sequel. <laughs> yeah. These swords were specifically made for Mandy Patinkin and Carrie Elways. Oh, I'm not arguing that told? they weren't. It's I'm just, just saying it, 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 it didn't come across on film that way. Yeah, and that's one thing you that like I learned. You like my sword? I bought it at Party City. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be a pirate at Dragon Con this year. Yes, but. Just like I, you, what are you, Zorro? <laughs> He's blonde Zorro. But yeah, so yeah, he lost new, his cape. Uh, younger people might know Carrie Elwes as the mayor in season three of Stranger Things. Yeah, that's true. He did join Stranger Things, and he's about to be on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. 
And he was on yes, Psych. He, he was the recurring uh, super thief. He was the the fancy European I thief. Psych. Oh, I was told uh, to watch it. But Psych, uh, oh, you would love it. Yeah, Psych is a show I'm that. Heard. Yeah, Psych is the equivalent of like a song by Journey. You know, <laughs> you're not going to run around with a Journey shirt on. You're really not. You're not going to run around telling people, you know, oh, I really love Journey. But as you know, <laughs> but if it comes on. You know, oh, really? yeah. If it comes on, you're gonna listen to it. And you're gonna Fair enjoy enough. it. Yeah, you're gonna rock out, especially yeah. by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what's. By a, the way, I stole that whole bid from Jeremy Clarkson. See, I Power! steal them. I steal them, but then I credit. Then credit. Yeah, Very that's important. good. See, that's why I preface all my stories with John Mulaney said this. <laughs> like, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, she does preface all of her stories <laughs> with John Mulaney. Because John Mulaney this. is my golden god. Thank you very much. Yes. If you're listening, John, give me a call. You should see her going through the drive-through at Zaxby's. <laughs> Ma'am, what do you have? Well, well you know, John, John Mulaney, Mulaney yeah. says. <laughs> Anyway, so back to this movie. Yes, um, I had no idea as a child what they were talking about in this entire sword fighting scene with all of the with all of the Benetti's but defense. Now and... I know they're talking about different styles of sword fighting, mm-hmm. and um, uh, they both pretend to be left-handed. In yes, turn, they do. Yes, hoping to get the better of the of each other. Well, because they were both very extensively trained by sword masters. Uh, Peter Diamond, uh, one of the most who, famous stunt Who went on to do one of the greatest movies, uh, movie franchises Highlander. ever. Highlander. And, <laughs> and Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, and Star Wars. He's yeah, involved in yeah. a lot of things, uh, but it was Peter Diamond and Bob Rainbow Anderson. What? That's in the there, director's yeah. cut where they, they took all the fight scenes out. But yeah. it was super extensive. So when they first started shooting, uh, it turned out Mandy Patinkin had more sword uh, experience than Carrie always. He had, he learned Huge that surprise. He, <laughs> well, no, he learned he was going to be part of this movie where he was considered a fencing master, like a master of the sword. And so he actually spent about four months in L.A. just prepping for that in general. And then when they got on location... Uh, Peter Diamond and Bob Anderson took Carrie and Mandy Patinkin aside and said, okay, guys, from here on out, we own you. When you're not doing something else that you have to be doing, you will have a sword in your hand and you will be practicing. They actually even arranged the movie shooting schedule so that this uh, (laughs) iconic sword scene was done at the end. They shot it last so that Carrie and Mandy Patinkin could have the maximum amount of training to look like honest-to-goodness sword masters. Wow. He said, yeah. so uh, Carrie's like, we'd be on set, and the second they yelled cut, I- I'd be about to sit down in my little chair, and Peter would be by my side and be like, here's your sword, Carrie, let's go. And they, he was like, we never got a second to rest. Everybody else would be goofing about and making jokes in between cuts, but no. <laughs> that, that sounds like it sucks. <laughs> well, it, and what's funny is that he, Carrie always didn't realize that Mandy Patinkin had had a few months training extra than him, so they get on, uh, they get on location to start their training the first day at like 9 a.m., and uh, he's like, wow, Mandy, you've got like a really good grip and stuff. You seem like you know what you're doing. And he was just like, I, you know, there's there's a little bit of competitive nature between actors, no matter how well you get along with them. And when Mandy told me that he'd already had four four months of practice, I was like, damn you, Inigo. Like, he was just like, oh, I want to be better than him. So it, they just had this little competitive edge Yeah, to but it. he didn't read the script. He wins. I mean, what's <laughs> that? <laughs> well, he has to. Try he's he's got a little acting, capable it's of It's easier. You know what's funny is like it's it's past it now, but there's actually a part where you can see like that 
Carrie Elwes is on ropes or something, like flying up onto one of the rocks. And they're it's on like a mat. Uh, they're on out. like a mat that's sort of spongy underneath their feet is at it some really? point. It's like a yeah, yeah because. Um, they they had to do that like flip off of the rocks and stuff. So if you look really carefully, you can see where the set was sort of designed for yeah. them to do stuff like that. Uh, and that pole that Mandy Patinkin jumps onto and you know like swings off of it's got these two yeah with a perfect uh, handhold yeah. on it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just stuff like that. Why is there a pole there? Why have I never thought of that? Yeah, like, it's like, ever, like I just was well, like and, okay. And Mandy Patinkin did his own sort of really Stunts embarrassing or... jump. Because oh, he, yeah. he does it and grabs it and then ends up basically about seven inches further away. Carrie always like does this Olympian like dismount because Wesley Wesley was smarter and he knew that he had to cut away to a stunt guy doing it and then cut back. <laughs> By the way, you know I've seen this movie a million times, but I've never watched it with the subtitles on. I thought his name was Wesley. No, Wesley. Yeah, I, my whole life I thought it was if Wesley. Wesley wants you, bless you both. That's what Prince Humperdinck says later in the movie, but. Uh, uh, I have to take a break for a second, listeners, because Cece did something awesome that only Katie has done so far. She dressed for the part. She's got a red dress on, just like Princess Buttercup, and she looks fantastic. We'll make sure to, sure to take Thank pictures you. and share them with you guys on our social mediums. But we've now gotten to the second fight. That's, that's good, because those pictures of me in the red dress got, like, no <laughs> likes well, at all. Yours was a little more low-cut. Well, Cece I kept mean, it classy. You know, I mean, give them what they want. Don't give away know? the farm. <laughs> <laughs> but don't give away the farm, boy. <laughs> but we haven't even touched on why, uh, you know, what their code is for I Love You, uh, in case you guys don't know. When they first start out the story, uh, like I said, the Princess Bride, or Buttercup, orders Wesley around just because she likes to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, polish my horse's saddle. I want to see my face shining in it by morning. And then the the granddad, you hear his narration in certain parts of the story, and she says, or he says, one day Buttercup realized that when Wesley was saying "as you wish," because that's all he ever answers is "as you wish." Whenever he was saying "as you wish," what he meant was "I love you." And yeah, so she was completely delusional. <laughs> Ladies, if a guy just constantly says "as you wish." There's something wrong with yeah. your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little too BDSM. <laughs> yeah, think of, no, well, I mean, just think about it. Yeah, let's just bring this into the, hey, worked, into right? the real hey. world, you know, and there it was like a guy. <laughs> Imagine there was a guy you worked with and the only thing he ever said to you was, as you wish. Restraining order. You, yeah, exactly. You call security <laughs> on him the next day. It puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> as yeah, you wish. I, I guess it just depends on uh, what, what you're looking for. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. If or you want a nice, at. obedient man, yes, true. <laughs> and you know, because if you look like Carrie always, I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. the hot farm boy is saying, "As you wish, to your every whim." I mean, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> Stop hitting yeah, on me, you right. male model. No, okay, Jeez. you sold me. But yeah. um, what if it was a hot farm girl saying that to you? I mean, <laughs> would she even really need to say anything, Jason? <laughs> would you like, say this yeah. is too weird? <laughs> I don't like, think so. Uh, I doubt it. As you wish, what? What'd you say? <laughs> oh, shit. You've been talking this whole time? Oh, wow. I've just been distracted <laughs> so by your I, intellect. I, I want to take a little, a little break from talking about the movie, though, to talk about how do you two uh, know each other? Because, you know, we never really do this on the show. We never really oh, true, talk true. about the guests as much as we should. This Normally, that's because they're horrible people um but in this case you know I've, who you are yes you do you can't be too sure we actually worked at starbucks together for yes, a we long did. time and um we were one of the few 
we were each one of the few workers who actually did their job and picked up the slack for pretty much everyone else. And, and could so, therefore tolerate each other. <laughs> very much relied on each other. And I um, I really miss that. I do, too. I Whenever I see memes and GIFs on Facebook where it's like, when you find out that your best buddy and you are clocked in at the same time at work and you both <laughs> yes. see them dancing and getting down, I think of you every time I see those. So are do you, you working do, Sunday? Do you guys yeah. have any good Starbucks stories? Uh, a million, too many. To too count. many. I, I was actually telling one the other day about how one of the was first times. Is it what? Was it about Helen? No. Um, it was <laughs> one of the first times you ever spoke to me because I was talking about my giant German Shepherd dog who has this tendency to lean toward my stomach and lean her head on me. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll just sort of bend over and grab her around the middle and that's how I hug her. And Cece, I think, didn't hear the first part where I'm talking about my dog. And so <laughs> I was like, yeah, so my dog was leaning her head in, you know, in between my knees, and I just bent down to hug her. And Cece was like, you were doing what with whom? And I was like, my dog. That's how we hug each other. And you were like, I thought you were talking about your kid or something. What's, oh, man, that could have taken a That's turn. That's probably not what I thought you were talking about. I was about to well, say, I don't, I don't <laughs> think she was thinking I don't remember that. what you said. I yeah. just remember it, it took a turn. Father Murphy, no. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we could we could regale you for hours over the crazy drinks we've had to make for crazy people, and we still remember their names, which we probably shouldn't mention on. Yeah, the we show. won't we won't mention oh, any I, names. We won't mention any names. But it is oops. Uh, it, no last names. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, no last names. But it is safe to uh, get coffee at Starbucks. Nobody's putting anything in the drinks, anything like that. No. Um, are you being nice? Oh God. No, I am always anyone who handles food for me of any kind. Yes. I am the nicest person in the world. <laughs> That's wise. Yeah, that yeah. is that is very very wise. And yeah. um, no, uh, Jade and I were always um, very ethical when it yes. came to that. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I do know, I do, really, we've seen uh, it happen. Some things that have happened from other workers who are not so ethical to people so, who are being rude. I yes, uh. I would make it repeatedly. Ah, regular rudeness yeah. happening because yeah. we had a woman who would come. And do you remember a double I blended wasn't at vodka? Our store. Yeah, I, I usually yeah. just heard stories. Like, story. it, it was a past. It was a previous store. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> I've mostly heard stories. If I had seen it happening in front of me, I would have stopped it. But, mm-hmm. um, but remember a double blended mocha frappuccino oh, with extra mm-hmm. ice. Uh, well, the extra ice throws off the consistency of the frappuccino because it's like a milkshake. You have to blend yeah, it, and yeah, then yeah, if yeah. you throw in more ice, that's going to make it chunkier. This woman was yelling at a poor uh, barista that we had. It was at the register who was new and just had handed her the drink. It wasn't even yeah, the person didn't to make, make the drink. The drink. Yeah. But I was the type to intervene. And I was like, you know, ma'am, I'd be happy to help you with that. Uh, did you ask for it to be double blended? And she was like, what is double blended? I was like, just what it sounds like. It goes through the uh, blender twice. And that'll make it smoother. So that way when you ask for the extra ice, it'll stay cold like you want it to, but it'll be nice and, you know, smooth. You're, you were way nicer than I was. You would just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's why I stayed at the bar. The chai lady would pull up to the to the screen. The Cece lady. would see her and be like, nope, nope, where's Jade? No. I'm not making this no, drink. No, that only happened once. That only happened once. That's I got awesome. so once angry I had to walk off the floor. Really? She yes. was incredibly rude, despite the fact that she wanted... Um, a chai latte she above. wanted it to be 200 degrees yeah which the machine she wanted two, to be boiling two, 200 she wanted you to boil yes because that you usually it's a what 180 the, did the, she have a thermometer with her uh, <laughs> no she <laughs> could feel it, it literally yeah. if it burned her mouth she knew it was perfect yeah 
And she, it had to be double cupped. She didn't Uh, want a sleeve on it. Yeah, that's that's certifiably insane. And she wanted a specific amount of pumps in the chai. She wanted this size cup with these many pumps of chai and this kind of milk, and it had to be this hot exactly. And it was just you had to time it just right because if there's a line, it would sit there on the counter in line. And if it sits for thirty seconds, it's going to cool down. If if it would sit for more than yeah Mm -hmm. a minute, wow, it was too it was cold to her. You have to wonder what's going on in somebody's life. I was not having a good day. It was really busy. I was like <laughs> done yep. at that moment in time. But and that's when we would switch. Was there to help. To, we would uh, switch help positions, like because I was due to my uh, phrasing. <laughs> yes, due to my uh, very podcast official voice, listeners. I was put on the radio quite a bit, and I guess Start our through. our. St- well, but I called she, it the radio, but she it, calls it the radio. I do. I always. Have. It's fitting. Uh, well, you're, you've got a radio. Anyway, um, <laughs> so like, it doesn't matter. We but could debate everything all day. We could. But uh, when Cece or I would just get too fed up with whatever we were doing, we would basically just switch. We'd be like, oh, tag team, yeah. I'm out. You do this job for a little bit, and I'll trade you for a few minutes while everybody cools down. Mm-hmm. And what was beautiful is uh, we we always we have always had this inside joke that Cece was my work wife because if she was cold, mm, I would yes. go and get her Aww. jacket for her from the back. Uh, and whenever I walked in in the morning, I always had uh, iced macchiato waiting for me because Cece knew that mm-hmm. was my drink. Yep. And my work husband. Uh, yep. <laughs> Got to keep the hubs happy. <laughs> she gets grumpy. But, um, I, I don't particularly remember why you're you're the husband. I wasn't going to go anywhere thing. near uh, that. You were cold. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. You were cold, yeah. and I was like, "Well, do you have a jacket in the back?" And you were like, "No, I left it in my car." And I was like. Well, hang on. I've got a spare one. Let me go get it for you. And I came and just put yeah. it on your shoulders. And, and you're I was like, like, "Thanks, hubby." You were like, "You're so gallant." Oh my goodness. And I was like, I, "Okay." Aww, Ferris Bueller, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're my, my hero. hero. <laughs> well, speaking of drinks, oh, yes. Did you see that segue? We did. That was uh, smooth. We're, we're up to the part in the movie uh, with one of my favorite lines, uh, which is the the battle of wits. Yes. 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 The battle of wits has begun. So, why don't you guys tell us about the battle of wits? So. I do want to mention, uh, well, first of all, he uses iocane powder in each of the glasses. Which is non-existent. <laughs> which it's is a not fictional a powder. Thing. I use it in my cookie recipe. However, I know some of your listeners are from Australia, and Vizzini talks about <laughs> how everyone knows iocane powder is from Australia. Which is riddled with people who are criminals. Everyone yes. knows is full of criminals. <laughs> Well, this is not the first time we brought that up, ironically enough. Um, Australia, we love you, as always. You're thank, proud. Uh, thank you for being our most hardcore and biggest listenership, uh, unless Japan has continued nipping on their heels. Yeah, I'm Japan, not sure. Japan's uh, catching up. They're getting close, guys, yeah. so tell your friends, uh, get them involved. But in the very first episode we ever recorded, I made a joke about how the criminals were shipped to Australia. And <laughs> Jason was like, damn, slam on Australia. But they're our biggest listenership. So yeah. um, it, so it, I don't you think know, you could hurt confirmed. their feelings. It's confirmed in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Fictional Although, substance. It, it is how weird, though, because like Australia and criminals. So it kind of sets when this movie would be taking place. Yeah. You know, you it, which, it, is, yeah. which is odd. Um, I do want to point out. Throughout this whole sequence, or, or this whole part of the movie, where you've got uh, Wesley yes. um, <laughs> in the in the Zorro outfit, yes, and, and that mask was actually molded for him too. Yeah, well, you know, that was crazy. hey, he's scary. He says it's quite comfortable. Yeah, um, <laughs> everyone will be wearing them in the future. But Claire Underwood does not Robin recognize Ryan. him. 
at all. Half of his his hair yes. and half yeah. of his face are covered. Yeah, I actually have. It's been half a decade. And his little mustache. Though. She has no idea it's him. Yeah, did he have the mustache in the beginning? No, he had no no facial hair. No, nope. uh, that was she another can see thing. His eyes. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't be more careful. And she does <laughs> yeah. say it, he had eyes like a sea, like the sea yes. after a storm. And he's you can see his can very see blue <laughs> eyes. Yeah. You can hear his voice. If a guy to told you. You have eyes like the sea after a storm. You have to admit, you'd have to sit there for a few minutes going, what? <laughs> Wait, after a Come is on. That, is that Where's good? the poet in you? Is that good? He doesn't have one. So, uh, that's know. why I'm here uh, with the English major skills. But <laughs> they, I mean, they're both beautiful blonde people who fell mm. in love. And, but yeah, and, and they actually fell in love on the set. Like Robin Wright and Carrie uh, Elways, they, they, would, when, uh, they were smitten with each other. He did like he did write that in his book. I don't know about the whole relationship. Well, I don't. No, I'm not back. saying they had a relationship. I was about to but, say, but, but they both definitely had like little crushes. Yeah, on each they, other. they yeah. when they would do any scene where they were kissing, they would intentionally figure Mess out up. ways of screwing up so Aww. they could do another take <laughs> and kiss again. That's kind of yeah. cute. It is. It really is. Well, they do is. have very good chemistry. Yeah. Here and, he's um, um, angry with her because she is engaged to marry Prince Humperdinck. And uh, mm-hmm. because she thinks he's dead. However, in his eyes, death doesn't stop true love. Well, and he gets a little more specific about it. And this is where book and movie Wesley change a little bit. Because in the book, when he's arguing with her about this, uh, in the movie, he says, oh, well, when you found out that your beloved was dead, uh, did you at least give a week of mourning? Like, did you give it any sort of time to grieve? Like, or did... Like, you just got engaged to your prince at the same hour, like, and he's mad at her. In the book, he actually slaps her in the face when she says... Oh, wow. um, I think he's kind of giving her a hard a time bit. there, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm sort of like Wesley, dude. I mean... Well, and he goes know, to man. make it look like he's going to hit her in the movie because... And yeah. it's the same moment, exactly, in the book as in the movie. She says, I've loved more deeply than a killer like yourself can ever dream. In the book... He then slaps her in the face. Yeah, uh, and says, "Yeah, there are penalties when women lie, and it's the same he thing, but they don't." Her. Yeah, he right. warns yeah. her. He's, gonna slap her. He's like, "That was a warning, Highness. Where I come from, you know, there that are penalties was, for that, that. That was almost Uma Thurman. Oh, uh, really? I heard yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, Buttercup was almost. She would have been a little too tall, I think. <laughs> I no, I don't mean that in an insulting <laughs> way. She's just so tall. I, very specific so, criticism. What? No, she's like she's like Nicole Kidman height, like five yeah, eleven or something she's like super that. Tall. So I wonder how that would have. Have you ever seen Top Gun? They yeah. can they can work around it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. true. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen the Avengers. I've seen what they've done with Robert yeah. Downey Jr.'s shoes, so yeah. that he's the same yeah. height as Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. So yes, yeah. One they, of my oh, go ahead. Sorry, one of my favorite lines from that scene is where she says, "You mock my pain," and he says, "Life is pain, Highness. Anything anyone who says differently is selling, selling something. something." Yep, that's yeah, one of my that, favorite that lines actually, the whole movie. Yeah, th- I think that might be the best line in the whole movie. Yeah. Well, Carrie yeah. always says in his book that that's one of the most. Uh, popular yeah. quotes for him to be requested like oh will you say this to me like yeah. um and this is funny too this is where the movie differentiates from the book as well is when they both fall down the very steep ravine and mm-hmm. he yells <laughs> as you wish and she realizes it's a, it, oh my god and it's wesley just tumbles down just flings him. herself down <laughs> yeah. well in the book she tries her best to piece her way down there but ends up slipping yeah, and falling yeah. anyway in the movie she just yeah, she just yeah she just goes for it you know hey yeah but well, uh, she's rather dumb in the book Yes, <laughs> rather oh, dumb. Oh man, they talk about it. She's, extensively. she's Which, kind of useless in the movie, but she's out and out dumb. Yeah. In the book. Let, let, you know, and let's talk about the book specifically. The author William Goldman. Yes, not it was not written by S. Morgan Stern as no. they announce in the movie. I was yeah. so confused the first time I read the book. Yeah, you know, 
uh, Goldman, he wrote um, when you when you and I think this has got to be the mark of a good writer because this is a great movie. It's one of everybody's favorite movies. Uh, or I don't know. There's probably somebody out there who doesn't like it. It's a classic. Yeah. Uh, no, like throughout all of Hollywood, this was one of the most difficult movies to have to have it get to production. Oh yeah, everybody. Because Trudeau it, wanted to make this movie. It was oh Robert Redford wanted to make yeah. this movie. Yeah, like everybody, uh, and it just never got off the ground because there was just too much going but on. Like I said, it checks so many boxes that it's just impossible to encapsulate. Yeah, everything. Two two other movies, um, written by now, I and mean, think about specifically talking about Robert Redford. Okay. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, mm-hmm. same writer. Uh, Marathon Man, which is one of my top Dustin ten Hoppin. favorite movies ever. Yeah. Same author, yeah. And it's amazing to think, you know, Butch Cassidy, Marathon Man, and Princess Bride. Those, if you said those are written by three totally different people, that sure. would make more sense to me than to say that one guy actually came up with. All, all three these of concepts. these. Well, with Princess Bride specifically, Goldman wrote it for his daughters. It, he right, asked yeah. them what they wanted, and I think it was something akin to, like, one daughter said she wanted a story about a giant, or a pirate, and one of them wanted a story about a princess, so he just blended it together. Mm-hmm. And to that end, it, like, now that we're getting to the fire swamp, just one of, oh, some of the best scenes yeah. in the entire movie, um, we get to the point where Buttercup's dress first sets on fire, and, but when they first get in there before they encounter any trouble, Wesley has that funny line where he goes, it's not that bad. Well, I'm not saying I'd like to build a summer home here, but the trees are actually quite lovely. And she's just looking at him like he's nuts. Oh, yeah. that castle is the worst of Santa. Really <laughs> just with its darkness. <laughs> but um, so a big part of that is he said Rob Reiner wasn't a big, uh, you know, micromanagement kind of a guy. But Carrie's English accent led him to say summer home here. And he was putting the emphasis on the word home. So and Rob would keep stopping and cutting. He's like, no, Carrie, I want you to say summer home. Not summer home. And so it, he was like, it took me like five takes to say, I'm not saying I'd like to build a summer home here, but the trees are actually quite lovely. So it took him a while to get that <laughs> emphasis. But other than that, apparently Rob Reiner was pretty cool about it. Well, and I think I think Goldman was on set because I... Yes, when her dress caught... When it, her dress caught yes. on fire. Yeah. And, and he was so wrapped up in the performance... That he even like, though he wrote it, yeah, he screwed up the take and yelled, "Oh my God, her dress is on fire!" He screwed up multiple takes <laughs> yeah. because with uh, th- these are the first scenes that they shot were in the fire swamp. They started shooting the movie there uh, because it was such an elaborate set, and they had to have um, uh, uh, little people as the Rous's to wrestle with Carrie Always, and it was just a very involved set with all the trees and the the lightning sand, which they call it snow sand, I think, in the book. But the way that yeah, they did. Same thing. Yeah, either way. But uh, when Robin set on fire, yeah, Goldman freaked out, even though he wrote the book and the screenplay. He knew it was going to happen, and he watched the stunt doubles go through it with Carrie and Robin, and he was like, okay, I know this is going to happen. All right, whatever. But the first take he ever ruined, he was actually, like, kind of praying uh, mm. because they started shooting, and it was an, it was an action sequence, and I, it might have been the dress on fire. I think it was the dress on fire, but they, were, they could hear this sort of... Like on the mics, and you pick up every little sound on a movie set, which is why they say, quiet on the set, you've got to be dead silent unless you're specifically supposed to speak. Uh, but they finally looked around and they were like, Goldman, what are you doing? Like, we can hear you on the microphones. So, and then when her dress caught fire, because the whole thing is that her dress was, um, 
it was flame retardant, mm-hmm. and they actually put uh, chemicals on Robin Wright to make sure that she didn't burn her legs and stuff. And she had uh, flame retardant clothes underneath the dress and all that. But Goldman was just freaking out the entire time to the point where he removed himself from the set. He left oh, wow. after a little while. He came back, but he was like, "Oh, I'm going to ruin the movie. I've got to go." But then he came back, so it was just, it, because it was the perfect story, and it had had so many false starts in Hollywood, and it yeah, was it was yeah. it was close to as hard as the story that he wrote well, for he, his little girls. He like, ended up the uh, he sold the rights, and it sort of languished, and it, it was shopped around, and and there mm-hmm. were there were several abortive attempts to to make it, and he actually ended up buying the rights to the movie back. Yep, he did. Yeah. Um, just to, I, I think it was like causing him like like stress and anxiety, you yeah, know. Yeah, because he, was, yeah. it kept like, and it was going to have a different spin with Robert Redford than it would have had. With oh, can this you weird... imagine the Robert Redford version? Oh God, I can't. I like, can't imagine being a writer and thinking about how these different directors are going to portray your book. Right. Well, that's why if you do that, and you know, as, as somebody who's written a book, and. and I, I talked with somebody about that once. They were like, well, what if somebody wanted to make a movie about it? And I'd say, yeah, go for it. Well, what if they were going to completely change it and everything? Yeah. I'm like, look, until you're Stephen King, here's the reality. Yeah, you don't get any input on that. Yeah. Yeah, I was about yeah. <laughs> yeah, or JK. We have another Harry Potter fan yeah. in the studio today. Thank goodness. Well, no, but even with JK, I mean, you know, you sell that many books. You're established. You, you've yeah, got, you right. got a hot property, you know. Exactly. Um, but, I, you know, yeah, I mean... You got to just sit back and say, okay, I'm going to trust the director and the actors. And, and with Rob, you know. Rob Reiner, I think you can because he's got good taste. Yeah, because yeah, he made three other good movies. Yeah. <laughs> so this scene where she falls into the quicksand uh-huh. or lightning Light, sand, It doesn't matter. Yeah. They know what you're talking um, about. I used to, as a child, try to hold my breath for that entire time. That <gasps> Me too. <laughs> I do that and with I so many movies. I never I yeah, your, your, your parents it's found a, you passed out in front a, of a TV <laughs> frequently. Cece, <laughs> what are you doing? Watching Princess Bride again. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that well, reminds me of David Carradine. Oh, my God. Well, see, I'm not going to do it. Don't. No, hey, not, I need I'm you not. to go the entire episode without saying, I'm not going to say it. Um, here's the third <laughs> danger of the fire swamp, the R-O-U-S. Yes. rodent of unusual size. Yes, because uh, <laughs> I I couldn't understand that when I was a kid. Because when she's like, "What about the RUSs?" and she says it so fast, yeah. Yeah. I didn't. And he goes, "Rodents of unusual side, uh, size." I don't think they exist. And then he gets tackled by one, yeah. which is um, there's a great story behind that. So the stunt a man who's in the rat suit right now. His name is Danny. And uh, of course it the is. night before they <laughs> shot this scene, uh, they it's all, not Ian. <laughs> no, it's not Steven. Uh, it's Danny. But yeah, so he's in this big like foam and rubber rat suit and he's got to wrestle with Carrie always on the set. And the problem was that the night before the cast had gone out drinking and Danny stayed out late and got pulled over for a DUI. Oh my God. And so he was late on the set the next day. Somebody had to come and bail him out, but they were like, okay, Carrie, I mean, you're going to have to wrestle with this fake rubber rat if, if, we, can't, if we can't get Danny on the scene and, and quickly enough. Well, yeah, and the cop wouldn't believe him. Yeah, he yeah, was. The, co- the cop wouldn't believe him. I play a him. giant yeah. rat yeah. in the movie. No, I'm that's it. Get out. No, listen, mate, mate, listen, I swear. Because he was on set talking to Rob Reiner. He's like, no, governor, the, the policeman just wouldn't believe me. It's just, I, and he was trying to explain the whole story. He's just like, imagining the cop. Yeah, I didn't hello, just, hello, hello, hello. What's all this in? Because his, Danny's car was confusing to him too because he had gears for his hands so because his feet obviously couldn't reach the pedals. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's swerving a little bit because he's had a few pints, but uh, he gets pulled over for drunk driving and then gets thrown in jail. But um, going back to the lightning sand before we move too fast past this, um, there, 
they did several takes where Robin Wright, because uh, there was a trap door underneath the sand that uh, Peter Diamond and Bob Anderson, who were also the stunt coordinators, not just the fencing guys, uh, they would release the trap door and catch Robin and they're like cushions and stuff. But there was also cement. So uh, <laughs> why well, I, I could have solved that problem. Well, don't put the cement in there. <laughs> just pillows. And also those big spikes. Lose them. Yeah, <laughs> don't smear them with fecal matter either. Like, oh, just, dude. <laughs> you get infections that way. You bring up fecal matter and I'm not supposed to say autoerotic asphyxiation? <laughs> How is that fair? Where's Adam Brown when you need him? God. Anyway. Yeah. You want me to tell you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably not. But Squanch. Um, <laughs> I didn't need that visual ever. I'm moving right along. I'm super glad I don't know what's happening. No, you are. Believe me. Um, anyway, so the lightning sand. <laughs> Carrie uh, did a couple of takes where he just drops in after Robin Wright. He steps feet first in, and they kept looking over the shot, looking over the shot, and he was like, look, guys, that's just not very swashbuckling. That's not very pirate. He's like, that's not a hero thing to do. I should dive in after her head first. And Peter Diamond and Bob Anderson weren't having that. They're like, no, you could break your neck if the trap door doesn't release in time. Like, we all know what happened on The Wizard of Oz. The Mm -hmm. Wicked Witch of the West uh, got third-degree burns from the fireball. When I'll get you my pretty and your little dog, too, because the trap door didn't release in time. Also known as the good old days of filmmaking. Seriously. (laughs) But uh, so he he saw the stunt coordinator do the dive once. And then Carrie always did it himself and everything went smoothly, but they were freaking out. They were just like, oh my God, this is the first stuff we're shooting. We're going to kill the star of the movie yeah. if he breaks his neck on this trap door. And then, and then after that, somebody went, should we have been filming that? <laughs> 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 just kidding. He doesn't choke himself on purpose like David Carradine. His oh, neck isn't practiced. Oh. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's a compliment, Carrie. Believe me. Believe me. And, but <laughs> here he sees the six-fingered man. The Christopher man Guest. Christopher who, Guest, who I never knew that was Christopher Guest until I was he much so older. He looks so testament yeah. to his acting. Yeah. Yep. He's a chameleon. Yeah, because he was in one of the other of the four good movies Rob Reiner made. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Which is? Uh, Spinal Tap. There you go. Oh, Spinal Tap. When Harry Met Sally, which I think was the very next movie. Who was movie. he in Harry what? Met Sally? No, no, no. I'm just talking about the four movies. Oh, right I was yeah, like, no, 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 yeah. Christopher Guest wasn't in Harry Met Sally. He might have had Sally. a big part. Uh, and A Few Good Men, and that's it. I love this right. part, uh, The Pit of Despair. Yeah. Don't um, even think about trying to escape. <laughs> my brother and I um, enjoy doing that voice to each other uh, during the holiday season. Like you do. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> Well, it's fun to torment your your siblings. Well, it's like how young Adam mentioned that he does the it clown voice to his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like, I memorized all the lines in it that have a name in them, and then I would just substitute her name in and say the lines with his voice. And I was like, and y'all are still together, huh? That's exciting for you. (laughs) Well, he did have that black eye when he was on the show. Oh, that's right. She must have knocked him around. Yeah. But my brother will come up to me, the pits of despair. (laughs) To this day, my, my mom still doesn't know what we're doing. Like, Isn't that amazing? It's funny. She'll that, play that, after so many years, the, a, as a parent, that is literally the level of I don't care. Because <laughs> I could do that with my dad. My dad Come yeah. on, Janet. Gee, yeah. I have not been paying attention. What is that? One of those Star Wars things? She'll do the rhyming thing with you with Mandy Patinkin's last name, but she doesn't know the Pit of Despair guy? Uh, I know, love the, the level of she, like... You know, because she, she likes Mandy Patinkin. The, she grew up in the okay. 60s. Yeah. She, Smoked a lot know. of weed, did a lot of acid. There's some memory loss yeah. there. <laughs> Don't you talk about Miss Janet that way. She's a, she's a natural blonde. These are the excuses I give her. All right. <laughs> I love it. 
you know the story. We just won't tell her where to find this episode. You know, she'd love it. Do you know the story <laughs> with the albino uh, with his eyes? Tell me. Oh. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, he didn't tell the um, the prop people or the makeup people that he was horribly allergic to mm. the lenses. Oh no! Because he just, you know, he was a trooper, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's he, like Andre. yeah, oh, he was no. in horrible agony doing this movie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but fair so play because you can't was tell. In pain during this movie, unlike in <laughs> Wizard of Oz, because uh, Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies was supposed to be the Tin Man, but mm-hmm. he was allergic to the paint. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. Yeah. And that horse, uh, that one horse was allergic to Jello. Yeah, and, and so that's was, all they that painted was, him with. <laughs> yeah. But he went on to be Mr. Ed, though. So it ended up, it was a good career move for him. <laughs> he yeah. was okay. Is that, is that yeah. true or are you making that no, up? I'm making no. That up. <laughs> <laughs> the horse of a different color is white and Mr. Ed's Palomino. They're very different. Come on, Susie. It's either like, <laughs> a, really, okay, it's, Tina. It's either like a really good dad joke <laughs> or like a really interesting fact. Speaking of which, we need to have the illustrious Morgan Rogers back to discuss The Wizard of Oz. That's his favorite movie only if of we all time. Only if we talk about college that dark side of the moon and weed he won't know anything about those he's I, mr rogers like you, what? you leave the room and he'll tell me oh yeah, okay. is that what, stories yeah dad don't yeah. listen to this nonsense <laughs> he doesn't he'll tune into ferris bueller he doesn't listen to any of the other yeah. episodes but yeah oh and you get this good fake out which yep. devastated i think a lot of us as a kid because so or, all right so what happens is wesley and buttercup get rounded up on by Prince Humperdinck and Count Rugen at the other side of the fire swamp, and they get separated because uh, Robin Wright, you know, sacrifices herself back to the prince, says she'll marry him if he'll spare Wesley's life, which he says he will, but then he doesn't aim to. Yeah. He actually not. doesn't wow, at all. Yeah. She's very naive. She is, and that's why I say in this in the movie she's more like kind of useless and naive than she is but just sweet. out and out dumb, but yeah, and she's very sweet. <laughs> uh, you know who Goldman wanted to play her? Who? Carrie Fisher. Really? Yep. He said Carrie Fisher. That would have been a different movie Carrie altogether. Fisher, Carrie Fisher would have been the perfect buttercup. Really? That's what he said. Huh. Now, I mean, that Carrie Fisher's would... almost too much of a like strong, independent woman to play someone so helpless. That's true. And also, too, she would have done half the movie in a British accent and half the movie in some sort of like oh, no. weird Easy New York accent. Easy you know? now. <laughs> Who are you angering by saying that? No, it's true. It's <laughs> yeah, true. A lot of people. Well, it's funny because when uh, Carrie Always and Robin Wright met each other, he's actually English. His family's English. And he uh, can speak with an English accent. <laughs> unlike other Robin Hoods. But Robin Wright's stepdad evidently was English because she's American. And so they got, they kind of bonded over that. He's like, well, my family's from the UK. So, like, what, how do you know how to speak with an English accent? I guess because in the 80s, that just wasn't a given. And she was like, oh, my, my stepfather and we, we bonded when I was a kid over Monty Python. And in the book, he says the sweetest thing where he's just like, oh my God, a beautiful girl who can do an mm-hmm, English accent mm-hmm. and can quote Monty Python. Does it get any better than that? No, like- <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, they were they were apparently totally taken with each other doing That's this what movie. Chris yeah. Sarandon said the same thing. He's like, I'm pretty sure everybody was kind of smitten with Robin Wright. He was like, yeah. she was just so beautiful and sweet and kind. But and- she was destined for Sean Penn. Ew. <laughs> Robin, what <laughs> happened? Yeah, remember wah, wah. remember when she was Robin Wright Penn? Yes. yes. Yeah. We yeah. remember those dark days and yeah. we try not to remember them, I, like I, Spider-Man 3. <laughs> I, it, just, it is uh, just impossible, though, for me to look at at her in this and think that's the same person who plays Claire Underwood, <laughs> and what a difference a bad haircut makes. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it actually says in the credits in this movie, introducing. Oh Robin really? Right. Oh, yeah, so this must have been her really like her big break. It was. It was yeah. her first movie. That's why I mentioned in the beginning of the episode that Fred Savage was more famous than she was at the time. Because this was right, not his first right. film, and yeah. it was hers. Whereas, and this manor or like sort of castle that they're in right now 
Carrie always had shot a former movie. I, it, it has the word lady in it. I can't remember what it's t- titled at the moment. But the family that owned it was... Does it also have parts in it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, it might be a different movie than you're thinking. But the family that owned it from you know way back when, because it had been in the family forever... Lord uh, Huffington. It had kind yeah. of a romantic history where there were these star-crossed lovers, and <laughs> uh, they went out into the woods to go meet each other and go off and live their life together. So it has this romantic history. But they're British, so they toned it down a little bit. <laughs> but you're British, so scale it down <laughs> yeah, a bit. Yeah. I want to work in a sewer then. <laughs> but uh, the family that owned it was actually living in it, kind of White House style. They lived in just part of it. And uh, they would rent it out to, and like let people use it for <laughs> movies and stuff. They were probably flat ass broke. By this I would point. imagine yeah. it's it's very Winthrop yeah. Manor, Bobby. Yeah, the yeah the the seventeenth Earl of Throffington had just drank all the money away. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that meat is difficult to create. Just, you know. But, yeah. Oh, and this is a great line. Uh, what is? Oh, Prince Humperdinck. So he has promised to return Wesley to his ship because you find out in the Fire Swamp that Wesley wasn't killed by the Dread Pirate Roberts because he is the Dread Pirate Roberts. And you get the whole story about how he was taken under the wing of the Dread Pirate Roberts who almost killed him. Mm -hmm. But he argued and said, please, please, I need to live for true love. And so he says, I think it was the please that caught his memory because he let me live to be his valet. And he'd be like, all right, Wesley, we'll try this for a day. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. Uh, have a good night. I'll probably kill you in the morning. And he's like, for three years, he said that. Good night, Wesley. Good work. Sleep well. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. But then eventually he gets handed the title of Dread Pirate yeah, Roberts yeah. and becomes the Dread Pirate Roberts. Uh, so then he gets taken captive by Prince Humperdinck. And now he's in the pit of despair. Which, which, is, which is surprisingly neat and tidy. Well, you know? it was actually a zoo yeah, in the yes. book. Oh, it was. That's right. Yes. Oh, okay. Right. Because Prince Humperdinck is not just a tracker in the book. He's a he's, he's a he's a master hunter. So he has all of these animals brought over from different continents and whatnot, so that he can hunt them. Elephants and tigers and everything. See, you can I didn't imagine. make any joke right there about did he use bait, and I didn't. You see, that's growth. <laughs> That's gross. You've already said. You've already said what you're. What did saying. I say? I'm not what did I say? I've said it once. I've said it once on the podcast, and that's really. I'm. More, I'm looking to drop anchor on that one episode. But um, uh, nice, subtle, nice subtle pun for you there. Um, yeah. So we have the machine, and you don't really know what the machine is. So they're they're torturing Wesley, and the whole deal of it is that in the book, especially Wesley is like, oh, I can cope with torture. That's fine. He just thinks about Buttercup, about her whispering in his ear, I love you, Wesley, I love you. And that's how he distracts himself while they're burning his fingers and cutting him with knives and doing all that. They don't really mess around with all of that in the movie. They just yeah, skip right yeah. to the machine that literally sucks your life out of you. Yes, somehow. Yeah, I'm not sure about the dynamics kind of or the science. Torture. Wait, can we get Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> paging Neil deGrasse Tyson, can we get you on the phone? Oh, no, no. He, he would dissect He's the not crap returning my phone calls anymore. <laughs> well, you have been slamming him once you, when you get drunk and tweet at him that much, Jason, it's well, going to happen. You know. Uh, he's he's taken out a restraining order. Yeah. Clean but, up after your damn dog. <laughs> but all I'll say. did anybody, okay, this is going to seem random, but I'm going somewhere oh, with it. <laughs> whoa, no. <laughs> Never. Stay tuned. Are you? Have, are y'all familiar with the show Ah Real Monsters from Nickelodeon? Yes. Okay, no. the scream that Wesley emits when he's being tortured on the machine is totally from All Real Monsters. I haven't verified it, but when he's just shaking back and forth and it's just that scream that can be heard throughout the entire kingdom, I'm pretty sure they use at least part of that 
for uh, the intro to our real monsters. Well, screams, or, really? yeah. I mean, screams get reused. You know, oh, in Star Wars, true. that one scream whenever somebody's scream. Yeah, yeah, when somebody's falling off a building or off of Jabba's floating palace or I whatever. Mean, you yeah, can't waste a good scream. You know, you got to yeah. reuse it whenever you can. Screams are expensive. We're not going to film one. <laughs> Go out and find one we can use. God, but yeah, we so... paid for the scream. We're going to film the scream. But yeah, sorry to interrupt you there, Jason, but I got to go back before we get too far away from this point in the movie, because uh, I was going to say, one of Prince Humperdinck's, I, he's not the most quotable person in the movie by far, because he's he's the bad guy. We don't like him. But when they're going to torture Wesley down in the pit of despair, you find out that Count Rugen's first name is Tyrone, first I of all. I wrote that down, too, in my notes. I was like, his name is Tyrone? Yep. I never realized that. Well, that's he's like so when menacing. I was a kid and I found out Jethro was a biblical name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, no, really? They had rednecks like, no, back then too. But uh, Prince Humperdinck does have this great line because uh, Count Rugen's like, "Oh, I'm starting Wesley on the machine tonight. Do you want to come and watch?" And he goes, "Tyrone, you know how much I love watching you work, but I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, and Gilda to frame for it. I'm swamped." And that, to me, that's the most memorable thing that Chris Sarandon says in the entire movie. It's great. It definitely is. I like, uh, I think my, my favorite little comedic line, though, is uh, whenever they are asking, what's his name for the gate key? I have no gate key. <laughs> Tear his arms off. Oh, oh you, you mean, mean this, this gate, gate key? key. <laughs> <laughs> that one is great. I love it, you know. Well, and the prince does have one other line that I do just remember off the top of my head where they're at the top of the Cliffs of Insanity, and he's tracking the fencing uh, and, you know, finding out where she went and what direction the princess is, and they're hunting her down, and... Uh, he says, she's alive, or she was an hour ago. If she is otherwise, when I find her, I shall be, be very put out. out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just like, wow, dude. Because you, you do come to find, with that quote, uh, in a couple of other moments, with it, it was Prince Humperdinck who arranged for Vicini and uh, Fezzik and Inigo to kidnap the princess, to frame the country of Gilder for her death, because she's such a popular, she's very Princess Lady Di, uh, mm-hmm. The the people love yep. her, and if Gilder kills her, then the country will support him to go to war with them. Um, well, Florin will support a war against Gilder. So it, you find out the the prince is just a tool and a half. Yeah, he's he's John Q. Bad guy. Exactly. You know, yeah. I find it funny that he and Vizzini must have bonded on their arrogance because uh, he talks about Vizzini talks about how intelligent he is. Oh yes, but yeah. ultimately loses his life uh, with a switcheroo in, in a battle of wits. <laughs> but it, but yeah, right, yeah. Look, it's just what look over there. Could that be what? Where? <laughs> and it's it's funny in the battle of wits. Uh, you in the book, Wesley's actually a little bit nervous because Vicini, I think, is a little bit smarter, whereas Buttercup's a little bit dumber. So everybody's a little bit different, uh, which happens. And at one point, Vicini's going through all those points where well. You are obviously strong, so maybe you're relying on your strength to save you. So I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you, but you bested my Spaniard, and that means you've studied. So during each of those little points, Goldman has these punctuating moments where he's like, Wesley was starting to sweat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wesley was getting mm-hmm. a little bit nervous, and so that happened a little bit more in the book. But it, whereas in well, the movie, always, he's just you, exuding yeah. confidence, and he's like, oh, you're just stalling now, and it, you're trying to trick me into giving away something. It won't work. Like, it's just, it, it's a whole different demeanor. Yeah, I mean, like, well, that's the thing. You can't, you know, in an in a adaptation, there's so much you just can't do no. you know, when it comes to stuff like that. And I you want to you know. like the pro, you want to yeah. like the main guy. If he had hit Buttercup in the movie, I wouldn't have been able to get over that. No, that wouldn't have been cool. That would have bugged. Yeah. It takes a, yeah. a certain type of filmmaker to really make something work as a film right mm-hmm. an adaptation you know uh 
Fizzig. Fizzig? Wait. Fezzik. Fezzik. Mm-hmm. Um, two people that I saw who were considered for his role. One, Arnold, actually, Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would make sense. And the reason they didn't get him was because they had considered him whenever he was a nobody. But by the time this movie was actually made, he, had, he cost too much. Yep. But uh, they He had, was the one who recommended Andre the Giant, actually. Yep. Yeah, and... The other person who apparently was interested in it but couldn't do it because of scheduling conflicts was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Shut the front <laughs> door. Yeah. That, and, uh, that's what I heard. You know, I've, I haven't asked Kareem. I have to so verify that. Know. I, you, you know, know what, uh, listeners? I'm going to look into this and put it in yeah, the show notes. Seriously, yeah, do that. Do that, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, he and my dad belong to the Tall Guy Club. <laughs> uh, yes. My dad just makes it at a mere six foot four, whereas Kareem is something like, what, seven foot it's one? Like, yeah, or, yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's yeah. ridiculous. But he's so slender. You don't look at Kareem and think, giant. Right, yeah. He's, well, yeah, back he's then, a though, guy, he would have yeah. been more muscular when he was a younger man. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, if you if you watch airplane you know he still looks pretty skinny yeah he know. was he was a very slender he was, man. and he was great in airplane he was fantastic yeah he's a funny guy he yeah. was on scrubs too he's made like he was on new girl as well yeah uh where he hated the uh, uh dj that he was working <laughs> with at a radio station he's had an interesting career considering so this scene that just passed was um, that the castle from uh robin hood just then uh, it, <laughs> it looks like the exact same shot. Sorry, well, not to interrupt you. Well, they've, they've only got like two or three castles. They just always dress them up differently. I thought Europe is. Look, I thought Europe know. is where the history like came the from. Yeah, right? <laughs> where the castle building are. is over a fifty. Yeah, is old. Never waste a good shot of a castle. No, you know? it's like the screams. But um, the scene that just passed, she, Princess uh, Buttercup, Buttercup, just finds out that. Or just realizes that she'd been naive, and he never sent the ships. Okay, to we didn't go mention bring that. Wesley back. Yes, because like, uh, she she threatens to kill herself, and there's a great story behind that too. So when Chris Sarandon first read for Rob Reiner and Bill Goldman, uh, that was the first scene they had him read. He he didn't read anything else as Prince Humperdinck. Uh, they he the line he read for them, or the scene that he read was, "Please consider me as an alternative to suicide." Oh, <laughs> uh, we agreed. And he he was like, I played it totally straight. And Rob Reiner just like slapped his knee laughing. He was like, this is our guy. And he's like, the next thing I knew, I was on a plane to go be this Prince Humperdinck guy. But you're right. He does tell her, because uh, Buttercup comes in threatening to commit suicide if she has to marry the prince. Because she says she's in love with Wesley. He promises, he's like, write four copies of the letter. I'll send my four fastest ships. We'll find him. And if he wants you, great. But if not... Please don't kill yourself and just marry me instead. So, uh, but that leads into the scene that you're. So that's talking what I about. said to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Elaine. <Yeah. laughs> but um, she talks about how it doesn't matter that she and Wesley are joined by the bonds of love. Wesley will come for me anyway. You cannot break that, not with a thousand swords, and you cannot track that, not, not with, with a thousand, thousand bloodhounds. Yep. And Aww. she and gives the ultimate insult. Right here. Not only does she call him a coward, but she says, I say you are a coward, but you are the slimiest weakling ever, ever to, to crawl, crawl the earth. earth. Yep. And um, this, I would not says, say such things if I were you. That's uh, another and line I my brother Sean and I Penn. say to each other. <laughs> she didn't yet. That oh, was the sure she didn't, yeah. <laughs> the way he says it, my brother and I repeat that to each other uh, on a yearly basis. <laughs> I At can some see that. point. Would not now, say such things if I were you. The uh, the the sequence coming up though the uh, the scene with Billy Crystal and um, Carol Kane. Carol Kane. Oh yes. yeah. Carol Miracle Kane. Who, yeah. Run, uh, <laughs> run, <laughs> run, Lillian. 
Jen. <laughs> I love her. She's amazing. Oh, she oh, but before we get to that, we're at this great moment because, like I said, these these moments aren't in the books with the grandpa and the grandson. You see the grandson getting more and more invested in this in the whole story as they go on because. At the beginning of the movie, he's playing his little King Griffey like baseball game or whatever he's doing, and he just can't be less interested in a book. But as it goes on, uh, when dude, they get to the shrieking, he's eels, got a Commodore sixty four. Uh, he's <laughs> he got stuff book. to do. It's yeah, the eighties, so on. he says, "I'll try and stay awake." Yeah, he's like, oh. and at the first, he's just like, "Oh, they're kissing again." Do we have to hear the kissing part? And just as things mount in suspense and intensity. Uh, when Buttercup's about to be eaten by the shrieking eels, which are sharks in the book. I don't know why Goldman changed that. I couldn't find that out. But uh, he goes, wait, wait, wait Grandpa, wait, wait, hold on. And he starts freaking out. And he's like, do you want me to read this? You're getting really excited. But then when they say Wesley's dead, because he's been toward because mm-hmm, Prince mm-hmm. Humperty finds that Buttercup really loves Wesley. And in a fit of jealousy and rage, he kills Wesley with the machine. And then Fred Savage is just like, Grandpa, Grandpa, wait. Fezzik didn't say he's dead, right? I mean, he's the he's the hero. He can't die, and he's like, ah, oh, maybe we should just continue this later. And he's like, no, I'm. A-. He's like, who gets Humperdinck? And he starts getting. He's like, somebody's got to kill Humperdinck. Is it Inigo? Who? And he's just getting all worked up. And he's like, yeah, we need to finish this later. And he's like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. I think if you let us, Jade and I could probably quote the entire movie. Yes, and that's exactly why I'm not going to let you. (laughs) Oh, the listeners would love it. I I think there's a lawsuit. uh, There's got to be something. Oh, right, rights or something? Our performance. I'm paraphrasing. uh, Calm down. No, uh, Billy Crystal. uh, Yeah, we just come to that. Miracle Max. Yeah, do you know who he uh, had the makeup people base his makeup on? Who? Mel Brooks? No, he (laughs) he brought a picture of his damn dog. <laughs> Mel Brooks would appreciate that joke. You know he would. No, he brought a picture of his grandmother. What? And, uh, yeah, he That's brought amazing. He, he brought a picture of his grandmother and so cuz he he like uh he either hired the uh the makeup people or he he specified who it was supposed to be and he said, "Here, this is this is what I want you to make me." <laughs> and and well, it worked. It's and perfect. It was a big deal that they cast him. Apparently, Carol Kane, they approached her afterwards when they knew that they had Billy Crystal on board. And she, you know, she had her own projects going mm-hmm. on. She had done Taxi and she, I think she'd been on Saturday Night Live, uh, unless I'm. I think, yeah. yeah maybe. Pre- pretty sure, yeah. Uh, but, or maybe he was the one on Saturday Night Live. I think and she he was, was on SCTV, wasn't she? I think she yeah, was. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm mixing them yeah. up. Thank you. So uh, she found out that Billy Crystal was, she was going to play his wife. And she wasn't even really that concerned with the story. She's like, back then, you didn't really mess around with the role too much. When you heard that you were going to get to work with somebody like Billy Crystal, you just said yes. Yeah. So she immediately signed on when she found out that she was supposed to be Valerie to Miracle Max. Yeah. And very smart because she's just as, she stands out just as much as he does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's so and, and, and that's Carol Kane. Yeah. I mean, she can she can be in in a role. I'm not with, a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> okay, down, down, down. Do we bury the needle? Sorry. <laughs> the, the little red light. All right. Remember? Sorry. Yeah. That means we're uh, getting too loud. Well, no, I'm getting too loud, and you're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> no, but it's it, it's it is amazing. You know, we have somebody like Billy Crystal, and then you have another actor who just totally holds her own with Billy Crystal. Well, because she's not you know? nearly on his level of fame, at least at this point, I don't think. Mm, well, uh, she, no, she, yeah, she's never been. But it, yeah, no, she never. It, I mean, if you know who Carol Kane is, you you love her and appreciate her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rise it in. 
<laughs> on you the radio. Oh, yeah. recognize but, her, but not necessarily know her name. Yeah. Um, but I, I've got to point this out, though. It takes a man's man to let another guy put a bellows clamp in your mouth. No, I'm telling you, I, when I watched that, I, the first thing I thought of was I would have just gagged and thrown up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Couldn't do it. Because, it, I mean, I... It sort of makes sense, I guess. He's like, okay, he's trying to give him a uh, resuscitation. Great. Yeah. Uh, not love, mouth to mouth. Love, I'm just going <laughs> to stick this big wooden object in your mouth instead, Carrie, always. Deal I, I, with it. I love that her name is Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Valerie there? and Max. Valerie and Max were... Uh, Goldman's parents. That I was think their something name. like yeah, that. Yeah, they're named yeah. after somebody's parents. That explains the bickering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and he's got in the five minutes that Billy Crystal is in this movie, he says some of the most quotable stuff mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Oh, there, there's oh, true love. There's nothing better than that, except for a nice MLT mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich <laughs> when the mutton is nice and lean." They're so perky. I love that. <laughs> and yeah. some of the quotes that are so great about this movie have nothing to do with the story. <laughs> like, yes. like the MLT thing. You're like, okay, where did that come yeah, from? Okay. Well, and you can see Mandy Patinkin really working not to laugh. <laughs> yeah. You know. Chocolate coating makes it, it go Bill. down easier. It's Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. Oh, <laughs> at their finest. And they're, they're both young people during this movie. Oh, yeah. But the, the makeup on them is just stunning. Well, I mean, the next movie was when Harry Have fun storming the castle. You know, so yeah. Think yeah. they'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. <laughs> and that's it. They're out of the movie, <laughs> and they're the it. most memorable characters. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're who everybody remembers. Well, because like, this was one, it wasn't his first movie, but Carrie Always was only 23 when they shot this movie. And it was his first big break. Yeah. It wasn't introducing Carrie Always, but yeah. still. Um, and he was just like, there are all these really professional, intimidating actors with all this amazing experience. Like Andre the Giant. (laughs) Yes. But uh, in his book, he writes about this this moment when they're about to storm the castle, they're up on the wall, and they wake Wesley up, and he's talking about their liabilities versus their assets, and what do we have, what can we do, what's the plan to get Humperdinck? And apparently Andre the Giant emitted the most epic epic flatulence that any of them have ever it was like the 50 year scream it was heard throughout the entire kingdom and he was like he was like i'm not exaggerating when i say it went on for minutes and (laughs) it it, it apparently broke down everyone the crew the the cast everybody to where they couldn't get back in the moment if you if you're gonna be loud you gotta be proud (laughs) thank you gene uh that wasn't me that was you (laughs) but at one point they they kept getting the giggles in every subsequent take. And so eventually Carrie had to take a walk with Rob Reiner and he was like, Oh my God, I just can't get over that. And Rob was like, we'll just flip it, Carrie. And he goes, what do you mean? He said, well, think about how much Andre's had to face where even something like that, or if you did that, another actor would just be like, Oh, don't worry about it. We'll get over it. He was like with Andre, everybody, it it stopped the whole production. And Carrie was like, (laughs) That made me feel so terrible. And then no, it, it was like it snapped me yeah. into being serious. And yeah. I was like, okay, all right, I got this now. Uh, but And he even went to Andre and apologized. He was like, hey, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have like laughed that hard. He was, and he goes, oh, no, 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 no worries. Everybody laughs when I do that. And he was like, that's how good of a guy that Andre the Giant was. Yeah. Because even though I was the one who probably hurt his feelings, he went out of the way to make me feel mm-hmm. less bad about doing it. Well, he's French and everyone knows that the French are very polite people. 
Historically, yes. <laughs> just, no, actually, I, I, I almost, thought you were going to say yeah. that they're very flatulent, okay. flatulent <laughs> people <laughs> because that would be more true. You know, I'm just going to block France from the website. <laughs> uh, might as well. It'll save on server traffic. They're not coming saying. anyway. We got Australia and Japan. Bring it on, internet troll in France. Yeah, that'll be his army. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, we discovered um, we have an internet troll, and he specifically hates me. So, yes. Oh wow! Coming to you what from his honor. coming yeah. to you from his mother's basement amongst his figurines. <laughs> yes, he wants you to know how much he hates Darth Jader. Yes, and she yes. is shaking and, and, in her Imperial Stormtrooper boots. Yes, so. and, and you know exactly who you are. Oh, to have the time! To I know. Can you imagine? Seriously, when was the last time you commented on? Uh, a podcast or, or I'll barely even comment on my I, friend's yeah. Facebook barely <laughs> even listen to yeah. an entire podcast well ours are particularly long episodes by so the way, that I can understand by the way pl- please subscribe and uh, leave a comment in the uh, comment section but nice uh, ones or else you'll make <laughs> Jason and Adam mad like you did last time yeah uh, I'm fine <laughs> thanks buddy <laughs> way to come to my defense but uh, so yeah they, they do have that great scene up on the wall and they're they're listing their liabilities and their abs- assets. And, and then an eclipse happens. Yes. It suddenly <laughs> it's gets like, very dark out. Bam, it's dark. <laughs> um, now they sneak off. And it's at called one... a time lapse. And didn't Max say it was, was going to take warp. 15 minutes? No. Uh, they <laughs> said to come you... to full effect? No, no, no. They said you have an to hour. give. No, it's an hour no, no, before d- you can go hold... swimming. No, no. Hold on. <laughs> So they make the pill and they say, you can't give it to him. You've got to wait 15 minutes for potency. And uh, that so when they're up on the wall, Fezzik's like, has it been 15 minutes? And then he goes like, it doesn't matter. We're in a hurry. Like, and he gives him the pill. And apparently it was Carrie Always' idea to do the whole head flop thing where Mm, his head kept going mm, backwards mm. and forwards. uh, Because they were like, he was like, I understand, Rob, that you want me to be mostly dead. But what does that mean? And so they had to like really talk it through, and he's like, "Okay, maybe you wiggle your finger a little bit, and then your head tilts that way, and then it tilts that way." And it, but <laughs> you, so, I'd but then he wasn't you. allowed to swim for an hour, a mostly, good hour. Mostly, dead. your friend here was only mostly dead. I'd, lo- I'd love to have seen that conversation <laughs> where you you say that to the director, and the director suddenly realizes, "Oh crap, what the hell do I mean by that?" <laughs> well, you of all people know, like, <laughs> what am I doing like, with my life? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what this more is butter, <laughs> butter. It's it's very much uh, the office when uh, Pam is like, did I go to work this morning expecting to be throwing together a bird funeral? No, but you never know what your day is going to turn into at this place. So this scene where Prince Humperdinck and Buttercup are finally getting married, mm-hmm. sort of. Mowage. Um, this was on a sign at my bridal shower. Mowage. Mowage is what brings us together today. today. The impressive clergyman. Oh, yes, that's fantastic. yeah, that's a gr- the best credit ever in a movie. The impressive clergyman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he could have been the speech impediment <laughs> no, clergyman, no, no, but no, no, he is the impressive, the impressive clergyman. No, the clergyman who is kind of acting like Terry Jones. <laughs> with a little bit of Harry yeah, Carey thrown yeah, in. Just yeah. a smidge. That uh, dweem within a dweem. That blessed arrangement. Yeah, speaking of, of, of famous British actors, you know, the king in this, um, the old, old I cannot king. remember his name right now, but he, she kissed he's me. Great too. Do, yeah. you know, do you know he played uh, Field Marshal Montgomery in Patton? It's the same guy. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's called range, folks. No, that is. That's even more, <laughs> yeah. that's even better than Christopher Guest. Oh, but I do love this part that we kind of missed because they. They do this bit where they make Fezzik look like the Dread Pirate Roberts by throwing a Holocaust cloak on him. But when they're up on the wall, um, Wesley specifically says, 
oh, what I wouldn't give for a Holocaust, Holocaust cloak. And Fezzik's like, oh, I've got one like this. And he just pulls it out of yeah, his shirt. Yeah. And he's like, why didn't you list that among our assets in the first place? <laughs> and it's just like... No, no, he says that about the wheelbarrow. The wheelbarrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, no, because Fezzik's... Yeah. Or they, they're like, where a did... wheelbarrow. Yeah. <laughs> if we had a wheelbarrow, that oh, would be something. Yeah. that yeah. one? Uh, oh, I left it by the, by the albino. <laughs> yeah, there, there he is, Field Marshal Montgomery. <laughs> he does such a great job in this, too. Also a memorable role. The yes. side roles and everyone does so a great job. Oh, she kissed movie. me, yeah. <laughs> and it's great because she's like, this "You've always been so, so uncomfortable for Carrie." Yeah, look at that. getting <laughs> dragged, <laughs> you know, but yeah, dragged like a rag doll by yeah, Andre the yeah. Giant. Yeah, she says uh, she's also she's sort of saying goodbye to him. She's like, "Oh, you've always been so kind to me, and I won't be seeing you again because I'll be killing myself as soon as I reach the honeymoon suite." And he <laughs> returns, like, well, "Won't that be nice?" <laughs> I actually like the fact that. The king lives in a castle that has a honeymoon suite. Yeah, so I he about has that. like he has like a sole <laughs> room set aside for honeymoons. That then they'll they'll move out of that one. Well, where else are you going to get married in Florin? I mean, I'm pretty much that's yeah. got to be the destination spot for weddings. That's how they afford that's to keep true. the castle. That's true. I was about to say that's probably how they afford the castle. How do you think <laughs> yeah. Disney keeps yeah. you know the upkeep on its castle because people actually do get married there? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you killed my father. Prepare to die. No, no, no. You got to do a whole line if you're going to do Inigo Montoya. My name and is Inigo Montoya. If I do the whole thing, I got to pay him like five cents. I'm well, it, somebody <laughs> d- made a great meme where it was like, this is classic networking. You establish your name. Yeah. You, you tell them what your goal is and <laughs> like something like that. Well, no, you, is, you, esta- hello. You, you tell you, them your a, name. A nice you esta- greeting. You, you establish <laughs> how you know them. Yes. <laughs> and then you like, you put your, your goal at the end of it. And then a call to action. Yes. Call to action. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. Yeah. So it's Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And, and he, you know, would be a good drinking game to uh, either drink sometimes. <laughs> it would kind of ramp up towards the end. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the beginning, it could be every time someone says inconceivable. Yeah. <laughs> and as you wish, because and Carrie always says wish. it about 15 times in the I first I always lose minutes. drinking games because about halfway in, I just start drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you forget. Yeah, I'm like, are oh, we playing is it it. games? <laughs> well, it's, it's like on New Girl where uh, Dermot Mulroney is like, Jess, you guys play this thing called True American. I'm an adult. If I want to drink, I'm just going to drink. I don't need a game as an excuse. <laughs> yeah. like, but, well, you know, it's an extra sip. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. It's just a you supplementary drink sip. faster. I don't want to drink, but the rules say I have to. Uh, my hands so, are tied. Yeah. So now Inigo is chasing after the six-fingered man. Yes. Count Rugen. Finally avenging his father. I bet he's a great piano player. (laughs) (laughs) With with 11 fingers. That's a Gattaca reference for like the three people who still remember Gattaca. I was about to say, that one (laughs) went by me. Uh, Normally your jokes, I get them, but this time I missed it. It was a good movie. This this was a devastating moment too, though, because you have the fake out where you think that uh, Buttercup marries Humperdinck. Oh, and that's where Fred Savage flips out. But then you have this even yeah, bigger this fake out yeah. where you think Inigo's going to die because the prince, or excuse me, the count turns around and throws a dagger into him, Jason Momoa style. <laughs> and well, this was pre-Jason Momoa. So Jason Momoa, you got Count Rugen style. Good for you. Great. But now, he, now, Jason, you really want him on our bad side? <laughs> or you want to be on it. his bad side? He'd cop to it. I hope so. Aquaman that's has honor. Yeah, I was. no, that's why I said good on you. <laughs> no, You've got right, Count Rugen right. style. That's awesome. Except he's like 
four stories tall like Andre the Giant, so he can throw like four axes at once. Well, this see, guy did it cow- coward style. Though. Yeah. yeah, that was. See, I'm, I, tra- I'm just talking style and finesse. That's I, all I mean. Okay, so one thing that does confuse me about this, having seen the movie many times, maybe the book clears this up. I mean, he does get stabbed pretty bad. Yeah, he does. And Ego does. And is he just fine at the end of the it book? It is a fairy tale. Yeah. No, but so he is. He's okay. <laughs> they never really touch yeah. back okay. on it. I mean, um, he's okay enough to jump out of a window onto yeah. a horse and they sew up his story. And, and, he, so. and he probably becomes the next uh, Dread Pirate. Yeah, Robert. yeah, yeah. That's he makes right. a wonderful that's Dread right. Pirate. Right. Robert. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be the Dread Pirate. Oh, I'd be Bob. A Bob the <laughs> Bob the Pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I heard to say Bob the Builder. The Dread Pirate Bob. Bob's Burgers. But um, yeah, that's another of the most uh, requested, quoted lines that Carrie always gets. There's a shortage of perfect breasts in this world. It would be a, t- a pity to damn that, George. That line is probably, because I've been watching this, trying to think what what was it that got it to PG, you know? And because breast. Is, I, I honestly think that that might have been... Believe me, worse things have been said in other movies that we've watched. Well, yeah, but I mean, because it's really like, yeah, it's PG, but come on, you know? I guess it's the violence, yeah. Well, so he becomes the dread... Po- well, we think that he's going to become the next trip. Yeah, because they, they just yeah. sort of leave it off on a yeah. kind of a vague note where Wesley But before But the before role. that, he kills, he finally finds his nemesis, Christopher Guest. Yes. And this is, this is a great sword fight, and I really like how before he kills him, you know, he says, you know, offer me... Offer me money. Yes. Offer me everything I um, want. Offer me power. Promise me that too. Everything I have and more. Please offer me everything I asked for. Anything you want. And what does he say, Cece? I want my father back, you son of a bitch. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a really... And, and Epic. It, it is. It's funny because in a, in a real way, you can kind of take a step back and think that the movie is really sort of about that story it's that's kind of the through mm-hmm. line it really is that's like pg yeah. uh, line right there because, yeah yeah no you're right there because you gotta wonder like how was wesley on buttercup's trail before she got kidnapped you don't know where no, he you figured really out where yeah. she was yeah and i mean obviously he knows what that country is a good, she that is a in. good point like when did wesley get on her trail yeah because he just suddenly appears and that's another great line where uh they're they're sailing toward gilder and and he goes like, oh, there's a there's somebody following us, and that's where the whole oh that would be inconceivable. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. in Florin knows what we've done, and, or nobody in Gilder knows what we've done, and nobody in Florin could have gotten here so fast. And and Ego keeps going, are you sure? I, I wonder if he is using the same wind we are using. And there's just <laughs> yeah. this yeah. mysterious sailboat chasing them, and you don't know you don't know where Wesley figured out where she was. Like he knows where they grew up, and I guess he was going back to get her. You but how would if, he have known she was on the ship? You got yeah. You have yeah. to wonder if he was like on his way to get her, and then he noticed that she got. Oh, he was definitely accosted. tracking them. He had to have been. Well, you know, it like you said, it's a fairy tale, and oh. and repeatedly, you know, Logic. the line is, you know, Wesley will come for me. Yeah, and so you know, it's the first time she's in real danger. Well, so of course, she annoys me a bit though, because when she she quote unquote marries Prince Humperdinck, she distinctly says. He didn't come. And she just kind of loses her faith and <laughs> well, shut already, up, Jason. We already established she's quite dumb. In Japan, <laughs> He didn't arrive. Yeah. <laughs> Philip, Philip, oh, I'm arriving. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it works every time, folks. Uh, 
<laughs> so I love this part because he Westley finally confronts uh, Prince Humperdinck, mm-hmm. and Prince Humperdinck says, "To the death." No. And he says, no, to the pain. I'm not sure I'm quite familiar with that phrase. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, proceeds to describe how to the pain means leaving you in anguish because at first you take out his eyes, you take out his His feet, you take off his nose, you take off his feet, his hands, so on and so forth. And then my ears, I understand. Let's get on with it. No. And he says, I leave your ears and I'll tell you why, so that you can hear every shriek of every child, every scream of every woman. Which, technically, he could cut his ears off and he would still be able to hear. Yeah. You know? So I do, you know, a bit of a... Once again, where's the poetry? Yeah, you know, jeez, you know, Jason. On, you know. so, it is a fairy tale, <laughs> as just, you said a moment I'm just, ago. I'm just so saying. Quit yeah. ruining it. But, but he knows that Prince Summerdink truly is a coward and yes. it doesn't take much to intimidate him yeah. in the end. <laughs> it really doesn't. It just takes Wesley standing up Pointing his sword and saying, yeah. "Drop your sword." Yeah, and he does, which is kind of interesting because you know, like you said, he's in the book. He's a hunter, and yeah, all this other he's stuff. a little so, more hardcore. Because yeah, he does seem like yeah. he he would at least you know say, "Well, I can probably fight this guy." I honestly yeah. don't remember what he does in the book. I'd have to like I couldn't get through the whole thing as of late, but um, it everybody it's like I said, there are little tweaks to everyone yeah, in the characters. Yeah. Well, um, and it's funnier. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, and yeah. that's one of the things that they t- they talked about with Carrie always in the first because they they were like you've got this kind of Errol Flynn quality yeah. especially with he the really mustache does. yeah he really has Errol Flynn and big Chris time. Sarandon was like yeah he's this handsome dashing young leading man and he can also do like dialects and Easy, he does anecdotes okay all right <laughs> and, well Chris Sarandon does not strike the only other movie I even remember dreamy. seeing him in. He, He's so dreamy. <laughs> but uh, the only other movie I can even remember seeing Chris Sarandon in is Tale of Two Cities. Uh, you know, I looked him up uh, today, and I was because I know I've seen him in other stuff. But yeah, it's, and not to insult yeah. him, it's just I I don't know. I'm not familiar with his work, unfortunately. Well, you know, there are so many actors out there that you've seen so many times, but you just yeah. you don't know their names because they're not number one in the credits. Well, this is Susan you know? Sarandon's ex husband, so uh, we should know who he is, I yeah. guess. But yeah, uh, and she was on Rick and Morty. Nah. She was. So, yeah, she so was the that's therapist. What I, that's She's what I know her from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is. Um, She's not even in the movie, and she's the star. <laughs> Susan, we love <laughs> you. Have your people Sarandon call her. And people. Yeah. Susan you do, and it apparently wasn't even her last name. Anyway, I I didn't even realize that. It is that. now. It, it yeah. is. She yeah. kept it. Yeah. She kept yeah. it. It's hers now. But um, oh, okay. And here, the four white horses. So before they go in to storm the castle and all that, you know, the Anigo's like, okay. Here are the logistics. Once I once we get in, how do I find Count Rugen? Once I find Count Rugen, how do I find you again, Wesley? Like, and he's like, you know, we'll we'll work it out. And Fazek's like, don't pester him. He's had a rough day. And but they all just sort of gel and magically find each other. And Fezzik finds these four white horses yeah. that they can escape on conveniently into it's the into the dusk. Yeah. But the horses had a much not a much bigger part, but they were Prince Humperdinck's four white horses that he used for his hunting escapades. Hmm. And they were all of equal like size and measure, and he would take all four of them out at once. And as one of them fatigued of him That's, riding yeah, it, it yeah. he would switch to another one. get a fresh one. horse, yeah. But yeah, I, but I'm like, as a kid, that confused the hell out of me because I'm like, wouldn't they all just get tired anyway from running all that time? But I guess it's different <laughs> when somebody's riding on your back, I suppose. Moving on. I don't know the logistics um, of being a horse. 
Why? What are you thinking about, Jason? Well, no, I just like the part where, you know, he's like, ah, you don't want to hear about the kiss. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and Jay Leno's like, you know, come on, come on. I really want to <laughs> hear about the Jay kiss. Leno. I really want to hear about it. We have like, young Adam you know, and young Jay Leno. He doesn't mind the kissing yeah. so much. And then so granddad's like, he kissed the shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... Um, he phrased it differently. I have yes. a funny story that this was actually my, you know, example of a fairy tale, I would say, sure. growing up. Um, and... Uh, when I was in about first grade and I had my first kiss on the playground, Aww. I said I wanted to kiss That's inspiring. like they do in The Princess Bride. Oh. And then recently, thinking about this, I felt really bad because... Puts a lot of pressure on you know, somebody. I didn't know what the heck I was yeah. talking about. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. So my, my mom was a little uh, lenient, I think, with the things I watched compared to some. But um, I remember thinking, well, that wasn't what I thought. Yeah. That, that was kind of wet and weird. And <laughs> I expressed that. And I really hope I didn't traumatize him <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I, make I, out. I, think it, I think it's safe to say you did. <laughs> that, I I think that kid has at some point related that story no, to I'm, a therapist. I'm pretty sure he <laughs> yeah. hates. He's the one person that hates this movie. Yeah. Uh, oh god, yeah, you're right. That's no, the guy. Listeners, Cece's being too modest. When I when I post pictures of her, you'll see that this guy is probably still bragging about that kiss oh my to this god. very day. Like so, the best thing about that. His name is no. Wesley. Not Yay. Wesley, but Wesley. I don't care. That's probably what made enough. me think of uh, that I wanted to kiss him like the Princess Bride. That's like a guy's worst nightmare, you know. Uh, you know, we're about to live kiss, up to and she this. says, I want you to kiss me like, and then she names a movie you've never heard of. I want of. you to draw me like one it's of like, your French girls. Well, shit, wait, was that the one with the shark? Wait, what? I, I need something. <laughs> But this was such a ubiquitous <laughs> movie. I damaged him for yeah, life. Seriously. I don't know, though, because this was such a ubiquitous movie in almost every household that we all grew up with it. I, I, for, depending, I think depending more so on your age than your gender, because little boys parents. knew about this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, and your parents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do know growing up more girls that I knew were into this movie. Well, Probably into it, sure, but all of you have yeah. seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very However, least. However, my brother yeah. loves this movie just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And you would not know by meeting him that that would be the case because he's like total like rock star guitarist. Yeah, yeah, I've seen he's his got pictures. As You Like It tattooed on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean As You Wish. As you wish. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> See, that's the as thing. You like that's it. the thing. See, the girls are really that's into it. Show. The guys just say so because we want to kiss. Uh, um, well, isn't that why you saw Titanic in the first place? That's Jason? exactly why I saw Titanic <laughs> in the kiss. in the front row. Ew. Yeah, four and a half so you hours. You saw those people drowning in 3D. Yeah, you, <laughs> damn near. You were trying to traumatize yourself there. Yeah, well, it was it was sort of like you know, oh, let's go out. Oh, what's the what movie? Oh, Titanic. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a great story. Okay. A three-hour tour. Yeah. Four, four <laughs> hours, and of course, you know, you, you know, I, I was in high school, so it's like, oh, my arms around the girl, you know. Four hours later, my arm is dead. Yeah, <laughs> is I'm my not, arm still on the girl? I'm no I longer can't left-handed. <laughs> I'm not left-handed either. Yes, but yeah, you're welcome. I brought it back. Oh, but there. But you didn't bring up Pooh Corner, though. So thank you. (laughs) You brought you brought up. I know. (laughs) You brought them both up. 
You can't say you yeah. didn't bring something up because then you brought it up. No, I do it. I do it all the time. No, that's it. That's one of his favorite games ever. He's like, I'm not going to mention the show Community because Darth doesn't like it when I you talk about it. You brought it up it. this time. I know. I told you it's rented space in my head thanks to you, and we we've made a deal. Uh, we'll I'll you'll yes, be watching we both Game lie of Thrones to each other. <laughs> yeah, because it hasn't happened. It hasn't um, happened. Oh please, Adam hasn't watched Rick and Morty. Who cares? Uh, nobody held up their end of that deal. But. No, I, I actually am going to. As soon as I finish Corner Gas, I, I've actually I'll, I'll decided. I'll watch Community as well. We just yeah. need to incorporate it into the show. But actually, anyway, yeah, okay, sorry, go ahead, but, go ahead. But there's a sweet moment to sort of tie off the end of the movie, and we can you know, we can keep talking for a sec about if we missed any of your notes or anything, Cece, but no. uh, the end of the movie, uh, the grandson you know, has finally come full circle, and he enjoyed listening to the book and getting to know all the characters, and at the end... Hey, uh, his grandpa's going to leave. He's like, all right, I'll let you rest. And he goes, Grandpa, maybe you can come and read it again to me tomorrow. And his grandpa responds with, Hell no. As you wish. (laughs) Which means, I love you. Which is so sweet. It it is sweet. That's one of those scenes that when you watch it as a kid, you don't even notice it. But when you have kids... It's like, yeah, because to me that that's, adds that's, to the yeah. that adds to the story. Yeah, yeah, seriously, yeah, it actually does. It gets a little tear. You it's know? very sweet. <laughs> um, I'm surprised if that movie went by really fast. It's like you said, it's not the longest movie that we've ever chosen to watch. There have been longer ones, but I there's just so much to talk about when it comes to the Princess Bride because there it's is there such is. a beloved classic. Well, uh, and having come to the the end of the movie. Um, I I'm looking at my notes, which are, I don't oh, even wait, think we oh, need no, to do Alpha oh, Seinfeld minute. on this. <laughs> yeah, He's holding up the napkin that his napkins, pizza was yeah. sitting yeah. on earlier. Um, I don't take notes; it's all in my head. Oh, you know what? I have to mention before we sign off on this: uh, the reason why I call him Carrie, listeners. Some of you know this, and some all of right, you everybody don't. Get comfy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll shorten it because I know I've mentioned this story before. Because uh, Jason has made fun of me. When has that stopped us? Never. Uh, <laughs> Jason has made fun of me for calling some stars by their first name. But there's one in the natural born universe that I'm allowed to call by their first name. His name is Carrie Elways. Because I met him at Dragon Con several years ago when Meg was too sick to attend with me. You guys most likely remember her from Baron Milchhausen and Hercules. <laughs> um, but anyway... Not to put too fine a point on that, but uh, I went to go meet Carrie always on her and my behalf since she was too sick going through chemo at the time uh, to attend the drug-infested, germ-fueled monster pit that can be Dragon Con, so she wasn't able to go. But I met him, and he was, I have to say this, every time I talk about him, he's the nicest celebrity I've ever met, and just a very good man. He He wrote her like a special note on her... Uh, autograph and just hugged me and told me she was going to be okay yeah. and she was yeah. listeners yeah and not so not to get magic in, yeah, not, not to get into the details of it but that was a very sweet gesture on his oh, part yeah. you know it's it's the sort of thing that you you kind of you you hear about actors doing that and you just think god why don't more it it does it doesn't take any extra energy or you know and you can make somebody's life better just by just doing this tiny little thing that doesn't cost you anything. No, nope. you know it's it's something we need more of, and that I think that's one reason. You know, on Alf to Seinfeld, it's it's all the way up. there. Oh, it's through the roof. Yeah. Uh, um, our uh, <clears throat> Alf to Seinfeld, Alf being the worst, uh, Seinfeld being the best. CC, where would you rank this movie? Why is Alf the worst? Um, well, it's it's a. It's a how did it hold up sort of so, scale because I we all loved Alf when we were kids. 
but then you grow up and watch it and oh. realize that it's a train wreck. Where it's elf. horrible. I thought you said elf. Oh, no, no, Alf. Alf to Seinfeld. <laughs> so then as a kid... When yeah, it makes more sense now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, it, whereas Seinfeld, they swapped places mm-hmm. on the scale because when you're a kid, you think Alf is just the funniest, right. most sophisticated thing in the world. Then you watch it as an adult and you're like, oh, God, this is a this is a dumpster fire. <laughs> what happened? Right. Uh, whereas Seinfeld right. is, I've equated it to your mom boring you by talking to her friend Trish at the grocery store for 45 Poor minutes. Trish. And you think you're going to die a slow, Trish. painful death of boredom. But then you turn around as an adult and Seinfeld's funny as hell and it's so witty and great. Mm-hmm. So that being said, Alf being the worst, Seinfeld being the best. Where does Princess Bride rank? Well, you know, I'm going to say the best. I'm going to say Seinfeld because this is one of my favorite movies of all time, mm. you obviously. Know, and I think it's still timeless. I love it just as much, if not more. You know, technically, if we were going to do the Alpha Seinfeld scale correctly, it would be a five. Because it is just as good. It is. That's true. It was fantastic then. It's true. fantastic. So the, the, it's a deceptive scale. It's a little complicated. It, it, yeah, it is. It's I, just yeah. as good. But did you understand how good it was when you were a kid? Because that's part no. of the no, scale. No, no, I didn't. No, because the humor, yeah. the humor kicks was. in yeah. the older you get. So I, I can I see how it would land. Understood how good it was. Yeah, because yes. you could tell like they were being cheeky and like you always get the gist of when grown ups are trying to be funny. But then you grow up and you're like, oh, that was a good line. Yeah. Yeah. Please yep. consider. Me as an alternative to suicide. <laughs> like that's funnier the older I get. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a good cheese. Yeah, um, you have to age it for it to be perfect. Note. Yes. Well, I would just like to say, CC, thank you very much for uh, driving. You drove 380 miles to get she here. She walked 5,000 <laughs> or 500 yeah, miles. What is the yeah, song? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. Uh, thank you very much for braving the uh, the traffic in the Atlanta metro area. God, it um, is a nightmare. It is. And uh, <laughs> I don't have anything else. Do you? Uh, either of you have anything else about uh, tonight's movie? You have any um, more notes for us, CC? No. Um, I I remember the the epic uh, credit song. Love is like a storybook story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's as the real as the feelings story. I feel. No. Yep. That's uh, <laughs> that about some All right. Stuff. Well, before they start singing. Um, <laughs> I heard <it> too late. <laughs> uh, start spreading the news. I don't know why. Do um, you, just <laughs> Darth, you want to sign us off? Absolutely. Well, listeners, this has also been one of my favorite movies from my childhood, so it has been a pleasure going down this memory lane of uh, of multiple memory lanes with Cece today, back to our Starbucks days and back to our childhoods of remembering this just beloved classic, The Princess Bride. So, Cece, I can't thank you enough for, once again, uh, trekking <laughs> a million miles across Atlanta to come and see us. Thank you so much for having me. And we'd love to have you back. So you just, uh, Cece's a big fan of Christmas listeners, and we might be specializing in some holiday episodes coming up, including Halloween. So stay tuned. Thank you, as always, for spending your drive time, your office time. You're ignoring the hell out of everyone else's time with us. We really appreciate it. You can reach us at Hindsight is Horrifying on Instagram. Uh, you can also reach us at Hindsight Horror on Twitter. Not that anybody is on Twitter anymore. Oh, and don't forget our new uh, domain. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask because I cannot remember the domain name. So, Or domain name. There we go. So, yeah, we, Jason, what is it? Yeah, Hindsight dot show. You'd think I could remember that, but I can't. But I can remember Hindsight is Horrifying. So that's what this has been. Thanks for joining us, listeners. I'm Sy. 